Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, you up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. And your inner geek is completely on vacation mode right now. <laughs> I need vacation. <laughs> but you have more weeks till vacation. I know. You can't be Suck. on vacation mode. Sucks so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with some positive besides... Not being on vacation yet, which is not a positive. Uh, our shout outs, our Patreon shout outs. Who's on the list this week? This is a good list. This this is a great list. Uh, so we have Nicole, Nate, Stephanie, Timothy, David, John, Don, and Matt. Dun, 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 dun. Those are the people that are at a shout out level over on Patreon. So thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate you, whether you shout out or not. <laughs> yes. So there are many other people that are over on Patreon that did not uh, want a shout out. And that is perfectly cool as well. And we appreciate you for supporting us over on Patreon and allowing us to do these episodes. All right. So in general, you know, I have a couple. My, I just want to thank uh, some people. So, you know, we've we've been kind of up and going for a while and getting back into the flow. and. And we've kind of held off on doing certain things and, but I want to, I want to thank, so Indie uh, Board and Cards and Stronghold Games, Catalyst Game Labs and Vigor Games have all reached out and started sending us uh, review copies. This so, is all much appreciated. Yeah. So we got a, a bunch of great uh, games that, well, we got a bunch of games. We haven't played them yet and reviewed them, so they may not be great, but hopefully they're good. Uh, but we want to thank those guys for sending us games to look at and review. So we got a bunch of things coming down the pipeline here. And uh, I've slowly, I've had a couple people and mostly people that I actually kind of know right now to start off with, but a couple Kickstarter previews as well that will be happening. We got a, a game that we're taking on vacation here. Um, and then when Megan and I get back, we'll do a quick initial impressions video for the Kickstarter that's coming in September. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. But uh, thank you to everybody that's, I mean, uh, there are still people reaching out every day. A couple of people I've already turned down, unfortunately, but again, it's the time. It was mostly Kickstarter type previews and the timing with things I already said I would do, us being on vacation and all that stuff. Can't get to them. Uh, but it, we do appreciate everybody that kind of looks to us and wants wants us to, to look at their game and give our opinions on it. So thank you very much. Do you have anything for general? That's about all I really had. Not today. Okay. So, game review. Today, we are looking at Jaws. 
the 2019 version, not the uh, plastic shark. Dunna. Yeah, which that was a while ago. like Mattel, right? Yeah, probably yeah. something like that. But this one is from uh, Ravensburger and from designed by Prospero Hall. So this is the 2019 version. It is um, like a three versus one. So one player is going to be the shark and whatever number of other players, one to three is going to control the three characters trying to save the people and tag the shark in, in act one <laughs> and then try to kill the shark in act two. Why you'd want to spray paint a shark. I don't understand, yeah, but we rolled you with know, it. Hey, it's a mean looking tag though. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's a three versus one. So it's co co-op and competitive at the same time. One person's going to be the shark. Uh, in act one, the shark is trying to eat as many people as possible. And in Act 1, the players are trying to rescue as many people as possible. And while rescue people is kind of a side thing, uh, what you're really trying to do is tag the shark with two barrels as fast as possible. But you want to rescue people to make sure that Jaws doesn't eat as many people. I view Act 1 kind of like dim sum. Dim sum. Shark is just going around from tray to tray, (laughs) eating... And you're kind of the wait staff, just refreshing the trays for the shark. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a second act. Uh, once either the shark has eaten nine people or the players, uh, the, the regular characters have tagged the shark twice, you'll flip to the other side of the board, which is the orca. So now you've got the three characters on the orca trying to kill the shark before the shark either kills all three players characters or destroys the boat or destroys orca how well either side does in act one gives some potential benefits in act two mostly for the players but no for you because you get action cards yeah so either side the more i eat the the more the shark eats in the first round the more cards he'll get cards they get and the less the players will get right whereas if you tag the shark faster earlier the players get more more equipment more gear and the shark has fewer cards fewer cards yep and and it's it's really it's really so there is a, a way in the game if you want to play like a shorter game it's supposed to play for about an hour but uh, your first game especially when you're just learning is going to be a lot longer than that potentially mm-hmm. uh, especially if you well we'll get to that later <laughs> especially if you play the way we did the characters if you want a shorter game they do have a variant in there where you can decide if you want to play Act One or Act Two just by itself and mm-hmm. and have that be your game so that is part of the rules. Looking at components, okay, so you have a double-sided board. The one side is the island, uh, and that's where, you know, the players are trying to manage the beaches and stuff and make sure people don't get eaten. Uh, And then the other side of the board is where you do the setup for, because they have cardboard tiles for the uh, orca, and and they're double-sided because the, the shark can come along and destroy a piece or damage a piece, I guess, really, because you can still kind of use it. It just kind of shrinks your play mm-hmm. area a bit. Uh, or completely destroy it where it takes it off and now it's just water there. So the the fold-out board, again, is two sides, Act 1, Act 2. Uh, there's a bunch of tokens. So there's tokens for cardboard tokens for the swimmers. Uh, so as you're putting swimmers into the beach, you have cardboard tokens for that. The characters are meeples. So you got some wood meeples. The shark has a meeple if he... Uh, if he gets detected and has to pop out of the water, you have this little shark meeple that you can kind of put on, which is just his mouth coming out of the water. Kind of cool little thing. The whole game, you know what I was thinking of? Hmm. There's the meme <clears throat> crosses my feet at least once a month of <laughs> the shark 
head sticking out of the water, and it's captioned a rare photo of a shark stepping on a Lego. Or a Lego. I've seen it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's actual little boats for uh, two of the characters because they stay on the water. So there's little, like, meeple boats where their meeple goes on. So it's little wood boats. Uh, There's a bunch of cardboard for cards and stuff like that. So, and there's a pad right that for a hidden movement yep. for the for the shark movement yeah for track shark movement, movement shark movement yeah. as you can tell i played the shark yes so, yeah. duh <laughs> it was only my movement nobody else can move it <laughs> yeah generally yeah so things you you use you know cards and and cardboard tokens and wood meeples and uh, a nice double-sided board and a, a, a movement tracking pad with a little that you know has like a little shield to it so we don't see what you know the shark is writing down all in all, good components. I, I, I didn't really have a complaint about anything that I really saw. I didn't see anything that was really like, well, this is going to fall apart, you know, kind of thing quickly. Anything to stick out to you? In terms of quality, no. But <laughs> games that still rely on, like, the the, the movement pad is finite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I think that was one of the first, I'm sure it's going to happen eventually, but nobody had put out a app for it. Yet. Right. <laughs> but yeah. That always, I don't know, is that bothers me in games because of that reason? I mean, I mean, I just bought Lantern Dice, so it also has a finite pad of paper in it. So yeah. I, I guess it doesn't bother me that much. But no, I mean, we yeah, we have games with, but you know, like like with Wingspan, mm-hmm. I got the app right away. Yep, and we use the app versus the pad, and, and I'm sure they're for sale. Or there's probably a PDF somewhere where you can download them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I immediately start looking for the apps, and I'm sure at some point somebody's going to put out the, the Jaws Tracker app or I'm sure. <laughs> movement app. Uh, but yeah, generally speaking, that I mean, it doesn't stop me from buying a game, but it it does, like I said, it makes me go look for an app or something, so I'm not running out at some point or something. All right, so mechanics for Jaws. Got a lot of uh, mechanics kind of interwoven in and out of here, especially between Act 1 and Act 2. So we get, you got some area control. Yeah. In, in the fact that, you know, again, we're trying to, there, there's various things that the characters can do to kind of stop, try to stop Jaws in certain areas. So like I can, uh, Quint was, was no, it was Brody. Brody. Brody could close a beach. Yep. Uh, so if you close a beach, the swimmers can't go there. So, um, if, if you think that's kind of the area that the shark might be in, you can, cl- you can hopefully close down that beach if you've cleared it out enough to make it so that the the shark can't eat there uh on the other aspect of that from the character's perspective i mean we we can put barrels out and we can use our our finders and stuff like that to try to see where you are and make it harder for the shark to kind of get around um so there's a little bit of area control in in that aspect i wouldn't say hand management as much no but there is there's there's some resource management we'll put it that way which comes in the form of cards in that, I mean, you're not going to and your get, barrels and your barrel, yeah. Oh, well, okay. So, and there's re- yeah, definitely resource management and getting the barrels out because there's there's one character. So it's Brody again who can close the beach. His other big thing is delivering barrels to the different docks. So the two characters, Quint and Hooper, Hooper, uh, who are in boats, they can't come onto land to grab barrels, but they can take them if if Brody's got gotten them to the docks. Uh, so. Yeah, there's resource management in, you know, if they don't have barrels, they can't tag the shark twice with barrels. So you, can, you can't, you know, go to Act 2 any quicker. 
So yeah, there's some resource management there. There's some uh, resource management when you get to Act 2 as well, depending on the amount of cards you have, when and how you use those, uh, especially on the character side, right? Because almost all of them were kind of one and done kind of things. And it's like being able to, to use them efficiently because uh, again, your whole as as the characters on on the act two, your whole thing is you got to kill the shark, mm-hmm. uh, while the shark is just like annihilating your boat. <laughs> we already talked about it a little bit, but there's hidden movement again. The the whole idea in act one is trying to figure out where the shark is so you can tag them while the shark swims around, trying to get undetected and eat people, eat as many people as possible. So. Uh, hidden movement and hidden knowledge. Yep. Because the shark has those four actions. Yes. Or four supplements to their actions that they can perform, uh, but they just put out the token mm-hmm. to indicate that they have done something special. Yeah. The, uh, char- the, the characters or the players know what all four of those actions are. Mm-hmm. So they know what's potentially being done, but they don't know in what order and when. So, yeah, like the shark just says, okay, I used a special action. So was it to lie to us? Was it, you know, to be able to go through a place undetected and not have to tell us? You know, that it's. Yeah, they're all things that break the rules, but mm-hmm. not abusively so. And again, it's only four. Yep. I mean, you got to use them wisely. At some point, yeah. So, yeah, the hidden movement. Um, there is, again, uh, the var- there is variable player powers. Um, so the. The three characters have mostly the same kind of actions, but again, like only uh, Brody could move around barrels and close the beach and use binoculars at the beach where Quint had the, or no, Quint had the fish finder. Yeah. And Hooper, oh, Hooper could. Hooper is the only one that could tag you. Yeah, that's right. And then, but no, Hooper, Quint could tag you. Hooper could move twice, right? Or am I gotten to go? I get that reversed. No, I think it's it was Quint that has the fish finder, and their their movement was two hexes. Yeah, yeah, or two 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 sections for yeah. one for for one. Yeah, so yeah. and and they could transport barrels, but they couldn't tag the right. shark with barrels. Uh, so they had to give them to another player who was the only person that could ta- try to tag you with barrels. You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So variable player powers. That they're not, they weren't huge. They weren't wide dividing, but there were differences with what the different characters could do. Definitely let you know each character at a different role. Yeah. Again, we already talked about it being competitive and competitive. So the three versus one has that kind of mechanic going for it. In Act Two, even though I hate this mechanic, I didn't mind it here. Uh, there's there's the rock paper scissors, and again in in, in Act Two, so where this comes in is. The shark's going to pop up somewhere. You kind of have an idea. You get to know three locations that the shark could potentially pop up at. So you're shown the three locations. You try to get ready for the shark to come up. The shark player chooses one of those secretly, the rock, paper, scissors, Mm -hmm. and then reveals. And then everybody finds out if they've targeted properly uh, or not and can either, you know, either do nothing because they targeted wrong or uh, get a shot at the shark in whatever capacity they if they're either trying to attach something to it or just outright do damage. But that it becomes less rock paper scissors. I mean, it definitely starts out as that, but it's not mm-hmm. an egregious use of it because yeah. as the ship gets damaged, mm-hmm. some options just become obviously irrelevant because 
Yeah, but not not always. Because, I mean, I, I did it a couple times. Right. Because, but I had cards that allowed me to benefit from being in an empty space away mm-hmm. from where you could shoot. Which again, yeah, you had the 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 cards that you use. Uh, so there were there were things that we did have. So once we've got our get, like we're not getting anything else. Right. You go into what, the final. whatever gear we have, but we did get lucky. And one of the, the gear pieces we had was one that you had to reveal one of the three that you weren't, that, that wasn't where an I option. couldn't, where I wasn't going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there are little things like that. And then again, you've get, you got the shark has action cards in round two that can manipulate a little bit. So you might go to a, but end up over by B or, you know, something like that. So in, in this instance, in the, and just from the theme, I would say even the rock, paper, scissors didn't bother me like at all. Like usually that, that irks me right away. Rock, paper, scissors irks me right away. This and with it being the theme and trying to def- figure out where the shark is popping up to mess with your, your ship and knowing basically what your end objective is mm-hmm. and our end ob- objective, all of that now is like this extra knowledge piece that makes it a little less rock, paper, scissors. I, I don't, I don't feel in this game that that particular thing you would benefit from random. Like I'm not even going to try. Right. I'm just going to randomly pick a spot. You actually were, had to be strategic about mm-hmm. when you were backing away from the ship and going to the ship and what your end objective was, was either killing all three of us or destroying the ship. Yep. So it didn't bother me at all in this game where Almost every other game bothers the hell out of me. <laughs> okay. So I don't, I mean, I don't know if you want any more specifics um, to cover any more specifics, but with that, I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of mechanics kind of working in And how do you feel they did, especially with it being a, a thematic IP property that a lot of people know about? How do you think they did making these mechanics work together in this environment for this game? I think it, I think it did a really good job of capturing Jaws. You know, just mm-hmm. just the first movie. I hope they don't do any expansions. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, Follow me everywhere on vacation. But, you know, just Amity Island going around mm-hmm. the island. The three big characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, four. The shark is a character. <laughs> the the actions of, you know, the, the humans trying to protect the island and, and the swimmers. And then on the back half of the board, the shark trying to kill everybody or, or destroy the boat I, they did a good job of capturing mechanically capturing the theme of the movie mm-hmm. i think they did really 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 well the only thing that i don't like and i say this even though i abused it quite a lot <laughs> um for the shark everything you got three you have the shark has three actions each turn but they're all optional i think there should be a mandatory move because quite a few times I just stayed where I was and quite reasonably you would assume I would leave where I just ate because I know you're coming for me, but I just stayed there because I know you would scatter around me. Mm-hmm. At least I was taking the chance and quite often that paid off I, right near the end. You double tapped me like in like <laughs> successive turns. So yeah. it, it didn't work out well then, but I think that's the only thing I, I, I complain about the ability for the shark to stand still. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. And I think. Well, it's not a big detractor. Right? No. That's not going to take the game down to like a five for me or anything. No, like I, that. I, I think this is a game where you have to embrace 
very quickly those special abilities that each each character has. Yep. And we did not. We, yeah, I think we, players... We focused way too much on saving swimmers so that you couldn't eat nine fast. Mm-hmm. Who cares? If you eat them fast or if you eat them slow, you're still getting, getting your denied. benefit yep. and we're getting ourselves screwed. So I think it took us way too long to get to the point. And I think I finally said it at one point. I was like, every turn... We have to use like that has to be one of our actions. Yep. We have to do this, or we're not we're not going to we're not going to succeed at all. Shark can definitely afford to be more patient. Yeah, so I, I think that part is was definitely on on us, and especially in a, in in the learning game, not going okay. We've got these things, and really, if you use all three, you can narrow down pretty good. Mm-hmm. But no, we were like, oh, no, there's like three swimmers over there. Let's all go over there and everybody save a swimmer. And and what what's going to happen next? All new swimmers are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so the shark's going to go to the other side of the buffet. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're 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 cleaning up that side. OK, I'll just I'll, I'll, go I'll come over, over here, I'll go over here. Yeah. I don't mind a little bit of old me. <laughs> so to me. You standing still makes a, a fair amount. I mean, the, having the option makes a fair amount of sense if the players are embracing that other thing right away. Like mm-hmm. if somebody runs over and says, okay, he just said he ate one or two people here, used at least potentially two actions, uh, unless you used your special ability. Right. So even like, okay, I'll do the fish finder here because you have to say I'm near. Yep. If you're near. So if you only moved out one spot and if you're there, you got to say I'm here. Yep. So running to the beach that you just ate at and throwing out the finder makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. then from there you can decide what you want to do with the binoculars, you know? So I, I, I think if we would have played smarter from the beginning, that would have been less of a gripe, uh, as the game went on, I think, or sticking point. I shouldn't say gripe, but sticking point for you. <laughs> That's my opinion. Anyway, I think could be, could be <laughs> if I didn't have as many chances to stand still, then yeah. it wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> And and we really, it was, I mean, we were well, I mean, we, sh- act one should have been over a long time ago if we would have played smart. Yep. And, and like I said, embrace those, those special abilities. Like, Hey, we got special abilities. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> people, people in the water. That's our priority. <laughs> we don't want blood in the water. Cause then the Meg will show up too. Not my son. <laughs> Did save my son. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the rules for Jaws, the rules were pretty good. I think overall, and it's, it's, they got the nice little, Hey, stop, you know, do you want to watch a video instead right on the front page here? Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, which I did not go do. Uh, I just read through the rules. So I think, I mean, I know we, we had questions here and there. I don't remember us having like a sticking point. Like this question, we never got an answer to really. No, I think it was pretty standard first playthrough type questions. Yeah. Like, are, are we right in doing it this way or? Yeah. So you want to know what your benefits are going into Act 2 mm-hmm. by what you get. But you really can break it into learn the first half, learn the second half um, if you want to. So you don't have to, like, bombard anybody you're teaching this game with. Okay, so here's everything that's going to happen in Act 1, and here's everything that's going to happen in Act 2. No, in fact, I would say never do that, <laughs> especially yes, if you got new players. Definitely break it up. Yeah. So, and, and the and the rule book does that very well as well. It has a nice splitting point and say, okay, well here now, cause really you have to 
kind of, I mean, it's not a huge reset up, but you have to reset up the game. You got to flip the board. You got to build the ship. Uh, you got to get, you know, your, your characters have to get their crew cards. The shark has to get their action cards. You know, you got to get different tokens out, but it all happens really fast. So that's, it's not a huge deal, but even the rule book does a good, okay, you're done here. Let's go over here. And now here's what you get to do over here. Mm -hmm. So I think the way it's broken up is very nice. And I would definitely say, don't try to teach the whole thing at once. Break it up like they do. Uh, But solid rule book, I I think, overall. So teachability for Jaws. How would you feel? So you took on probably, probably, it was either going to be you or I that was going to be the shark just from the learning perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because... This, in fact, I think you said Sarah said I don't want to. She be definitely the shark. didn't want to be the shark, <laughs> uh, especially at first playthrough or whatever. Right. So, um, so I mean, again, as the shark with having to do the hidden movement, I think I think that was like maybe one of your original questions when we started playing is like, okay, so how do I make sure I'm marking this correctly, kind of thing? But how did how did you feel learning it and learning it from the shark perspective? <laughs> um, it's pretty standard for hidden movement. The only thing that's a little bit different is. I think in like stuff like nuns on the run and some stuff like that, you, you always have your start and your end mm-hmm. on one line, but here it's just a descending, mm-hmm. you yep. know, it's so your start you is end. where you yeah. ended and then you're just marking your end. But I think it was, uh, pr- pretty solid. Shark only has three things they're going to do on the first turn and on the first half of the game and really only potentially two in, in the second. You're going to choose where you come up. Okay. Potentially three. You're going to choose where you're going to come up. You're going to do damage or attack if there is. And maybe you have a card that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, from the shark perspective, it, it's pretty streamlined and it's pretty straightforward. And I got that impression about the players too. Once you guys kind of figured out how the players should yeah. probably be played. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. The, so the shark gets three on the first half. The players get four or actions on the first half. Again, I mean, you get the you get your character card, which also shows all the actions you can take. You can move, you can do your special, you you know, all this kind of stuff. So it, it's pretty straightforward once you get into it. And we didn't, I guess, we didn't really talk about. But I mean, there's so there's the event phase where you like turn over an event card that tells you where the swimmers are coming out this round and something is going to happen. Yep, you know, typical event card. Uh, and then it's the uh, shark. Yeah. So you decide you do your thing yep. and you go, okay, uh, I'm, I'm done. Uh, or, okay. I ate one person at that beach. Yep. I'm done. You know, that kind of thing. Or I moved through this barrel over here at some point, you know, that kind of thing. And then the characters get to go. Yep. And again, so it's like the four things. So I think, again, it's one of those things where it's like, it's cooperative for the three people. So they can kind of, if, if somebody's struggling with something, you can help them out in the teachability side of things. And the character card, you don't have a lot of actions to do. It, right. It's like three or four things and you get to do four of them in any, and in, in, in the typical, in any order and as many times time. as you want, yeah. as long as it makes up four actions kind of thing. So I think on the teachability side, base mechanics and teachability side there, it was pretty straightforward. The only thing that might be really a gotcha is if one of your players has never done a hidden movement game before mm-hmm. and they choose to be the shark. Yeah, that that would not probably be good. But again, it's but in, in this case though, it, it's pretty simple because it's not like white chapel where you're moving like squares and diving mm-hmm. through buildings and blah blah blah. It's <laughs> it's just I start here and I end here. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think overall teachability is is pretty good for this one. So replayability and how many times in a row would we play Jaws? I would say once you've got it, I would say that the first time you play, especially if you play like we did and it take it longer, you're only going to play it once. I mean, the box is what, 45 <laughs> minutes 60, and we bought yeah. 60 and we played for two hours. So, yeah, yeah. And again, that was a lot on us not using our special abilities and just going around rescuing people. Sure. Had time. a really relaxing day. Yeah. <laughs> he had a great day at the beach. <laughs> Um, so again, that was completely on us. And again, it, t- it took a while and, and for me to finally go, Hey, all three of us need to a- at least end our turn with our special ability or we're not going to find this damn shark. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so again, I, I think a lot of that has to do, I, I don't know about Sarah. I don't, I don't think Megan's played a hidden movement style game kind of like this. She that I can think of. So again, it was a different style of, of thing and thinking. And like I said, it, it, became very clear that it was, oh, let's save people. And, and so that's what they kind of held on to for a while. Well, because that was the movie for mm-hmm. a big yeah. chunk of the movie. So, so okay, technically, <laughs> like we, uh, replayability is, uh, I think, pretty good in this one. I, I, th- I mean, there's, so there's not, so in, in, in Act 1, you're, it's going to be your event cards that are going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so those will come up different whenever you play. Beyond that, there's not a lot else because you always play with all three characters. Even if it's one one person playing the characters, two, three, mm-hmm. you always use all three characters. So they're always going to be involved. Uh, there's always going to be the shark. In the first half, there's always going to be the four. So it's going to be how the four powers that the shark or the four actions that the shark gets to take can be done differently. The events can come up differently. Everything else is pretty much the same. But even just looking at Act 1, I mean, depending on who's playing the shark, how they play the shark, how people focus in on, on different things, there's a decent amount of, I think, replayability in with just those two things that are kind of not constants. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Act 2, and in Act 2, I mean, you're always, again, you're always going to have the shark, you're always going to have the three characters, you're going to always have the boat, you're gonna always going to have Orca, but depending on how well you did in Act 1, the shark is going to have different cards. I mean, even if you if you end up the same every time, there's always cards that you're not going to get, right? So there's yeah, a mix of cards. There's a decent stack of both shark cards and gear, gear, gear cards. for the characters. Yeah. yeah. So though that is going to be different every game. So that's going to somewhat affect even how you play that second half because you may not have you know ideal and, and gear. the location where the shark can come yeah, up. Yeah, and and where the shark can come up is going to change. Then those cards. Uh, can change or are, are going to be different every time you play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say technically across the board, there's a good amount in Act One and Act Two of replayability, despite the amount of constants that are in Act One and Act Two. There's enough mixture that makes it replayable and and a different game every time you play it. I think. Mm-hmm. Now, how many times in a row would you play it? Though, I, yeah, I agree with you that there's a lot of potential replayability here because. You can go act one, act two, or the whole game. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the variability of the cards and everything. So I agree with all that. For me personally, I think the actual replayability is high too, because I really like hidden movement games. Mm-hmm. I could easily see myself doing, well, if we get it down to the 60 minute <laughs> mark, I could definitely see myself doing, since we've played it for two hours, I know I can play it for two hours. <laughs> I could definitely see myself doing back to back. 
as long as one of those times I get to be the shark. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be the hidden movement person that, but I enjoy the tracking or mm-hmm. the hunt, I suppose, almost as much. So I, I, at least two depends on how early we start and how well one of those two games goes. If one of those games is the turns into a marathon <laughs> like we had, then, then maybe not, but I could see doing this back to back. Yeah. It was, it was one of our last, I mean, it was our last major game of that. Yeah, night, it was right? like so this was, and then right to sushi dice. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, and it was uh, like we played this the night we recorded the, the new podcast, right? Yep. So it was like we did a whole lot of stuff before. Yeah. And then we went and played games, and then we got caught into the characters not playing or the players not playing the characters properly in order to catch the shark quicker. Yep. So yeah, it stretched out. I agree. I, I would say two to three, pretty easy. It, once you get past that first learning game i i think i mean i think megan's on the verge because i think it took a little too long for our playing our our learning game for Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. but i think she could would maybe play it again and again if we got it down to that i don't know if she'd play a second time but i think she'd be okay playing it if we could got it into the hour (laughs) and i I can see two to three crochet and then we could yeah we could just have a quick head to head (laughs) so yeah i can see two to three all right so uh kind of said a little bit but we'll go into it again here so the theme for jaws we talked about and 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 you expressed like the the how the mechanics do a good job of capturing the first movie so i i completely agree with everything you said in in that aspect because i think this could have been super bad super cheesy real quick and that might have been okay too who knows (laughs) you know but I I think hungry hungry shark <laughs> yeah hungry shark that'd be <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think they they did a really good job of not only again they meshed in quite a few mechanics into this game, but did it in a way that was res- respectful of the theme in the movie. And I I think the theme really does come in and shine. I think Act One does a really good job of not taking you through like the the micro minutes of the of the movie or anything but just the overall general feel of try, knowing that the shark is there and trying yep. t- to get everybody out of the water and finding the shark and all that stuff and then act 2 is just really this night the nice condensed oh shit you know yep. <laughs> we're going to need a bigger boat no <laughs> moment right so I, I think they've done a great job with the theme i I'd, I'd like to know whether they got the ip before they made the game or if they had mechanics that stumbled into the IP. Cause we've talked about, you know, just peeling off, peeling off the theme and could it still be a game? Mm-hmm. And I don't think this could. It would still be a game, but it wouldn't be how to retheme it. You yeah. Can, it's hard to figure out a good retheme for it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the act one, act two kind of thing and how that, I mean, yeah, it'd be, be interesting. But yeah, like I said earlier, it, it does a good job of capturing the theme of the first movie. Like in every aspect, it's like, they're like the really obvious thing, like the shark meeple, you know, <laughs> from the poster coming up to yep. eat the swimmer, little boats, you know, the car, oh, the cards, the cards have fluff. The cards mm, have yes, movie yes, quotes yes. on, uh, on every card, which Megan diligently read every <laughs> time she flipped an event. We joked about the USS Indianapolis speech earlier in the mm-hmm. game and like four cards later, bam, there's the Indianapolis <laughs> speech. No, I think the theme here is really, really strong. All right. So our fun factor slash overall for Jaws, uh, I think it's pretty evident. We did enjoy this game. We'll probably enjoy it more if we 
everybody is on board for playing <laughs> well and not stretching it out to two hours. <laughs> but even even with us taking two hours, um, I, again, I think Megan was on the verge. She was, if we would have gone too much longer, she was going to hate this game for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it was, it had nothing to do with the actual game. It was the, the time. She's very much, and if it's an hour or less, that's her sweet spot. Right. Um, which this is supposed to be. So Yeah, we barely finished before she started cleaning up. <laughs> but yeah, I I enjoy the game. I, I like the aspects that they put in it. I think they did a very good job with the theme and captures it very well, especially it's, it's at a point where we can maybe stop saying things like this, but especially for a game that pretty much is predominant, like as a target game, like mm-hmm. this is so that's like, that's where we picked it up. We, we saw it in target and we're like, okay, but target's been getting pretty good about some of the games that they they bring in mm-hmm. um i've actually just ordered a few more things off of target here recently so but yeah it's again it was one of those things where like you see it it's it's definitely the the movie poster on the box cover it's in target okay i like the movie do i flip the coin on you know but it's a great game yep. it, it really is and and i know a lot of people have been playing it lately and i've seen a lot of positive comments and a lot of people playing and replaying it so it, it's definitely captured what it intended to do and a lot of people are enjoying it and we do as well and i'm looking forward to the next time we get to play it absolutely i think we need to play it at least three more times (laughs) just so everybody has a shot at being the shark Shark? yeah sarah down for that (laughs) i tell her to she will (laughs) all right so i'll just tell her megan will take a shot (laughs) at the shark first and so there's our review of Jaws, again, from Ravensburger and designed by Prospero Hall. Thank you for an awesome game. What we're watching. My list is short because I was at Gen Con. Oh, yeah. So we've got three apps of Babylon 5 in. And when we're not watching Babylon 5, uh, we're watching Legends of Tomorrow. We're almost done mm-hmm. last season. And today I watched uh, Maria on netflix which is a filipino action flick it's set in the philippines because <laughs> oh god <laughs> and that was when jordan's brain stopped working <laughs> i i saw the snap <laughs> i saw the light go out of your eyes <laughs> it's in the philippines it's maria so Be- it's swedish yes <laughs> got it <laughs> Uh, Maria is the name of the title character. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that sentence. That I got my point across. Um, <laughs> she's, uh, the assassin that tried to get out of the game, but then the game pulled her back. <laughs> Think peppermint, you know, that kind of, well, no, cause she wasn't an assassin, but it's the same kind of, uh, same kind of concept. She's, she's out for revenge. And it was pretty good. Uh, the only really irritating thing about it was it goes between whatever the, na- the, the, the native tongue of the Philippines is, it was, I mean, there, it wasn't Spanish. It was going between whatever they speak there. And I know Spanish is a dominant, uh, a strong language there, but it was whatever that is and English. And like, I can handle that, like with French and English, as long as I can understand it, I can handle speaking two languages in one sentence, but reading it <laughs> and that, cause they would put up the whatever. And then since it was switching between languages in the middle of a sentence, they would just have the whole English sentence there too. <laughs> and that was disconcerting. Well, not disconcerting, just irritating. And then on top of that, since everything was 
apparently their their subtrack included background too. So you're getting speech and then you're getting a little box that says indistinct chattering. And there was no way to Did selectively they highlight random words. No, they didn't <laughs> oh, okay. quite go well, that there far. You go. <laughs> but um, that that was irritating. It's like and and it's like saying and it's giving the song the name of songs that are playing in the background. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. You could just make shit up. I <laughs> Pink Flamingos. You know, is that the name of a song? I don't know, but my subtitles say it is. But that aside, it was a pretty good action flick. Good fighting. A few choreography flubs where you saw <laughs> the elbow drive that clearly missed the chin in the nose and just went up. And then the dude was like, whoa, it's like <laughs> we could have reshot that. But uh good action. Better than average action story. We're not talking, you know, Steven Seagal levels of anemia in the story. Um, But <laughs> it, it, it's still an action movie first. But enjoyable. It's on Netflix. Check it out. <laughs> Anybody. You. Our listeners, anybody. Sure. <laughs> I did not put Babylon 5 on our list, even though we were clearly watching that as well. Uh, look for that in the future, listeners. We are going to be doing a new podcast uh, where we talk about uh, shows we power watch, and we're starting with the first season of Babylon 5. So that's why all of us are watching that right now. Our last best hope for peace. Yes. <laughs> and cheesy effects. <laughs> They weren't at the time. <laughs> um, I had this on last time. I couldn't remember. I I couldn't remember if I had finished it. I didn't think I did. I think I, it was the last thing I started. But I did finish the current whatever season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, so I did get through that. Uh, Megan and I are kind of watching Anna. Oh, um, are you liking it? I'm bored as hell. To be <laughs> honest, I this is this last couple of episodes that we watched. I was, I barely was paying attention because it was, it's just, I don't know. It's not for me, I don't think. I, I wanted to watch it, but then once we got past like episode two or three, I was like, I don't really, but Megan still wants to finish it out. So, and she thinks I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching. No, no, no. <laughs> got some podcast editing to do. I'm watching The Gifted, the Fox one. The Fox one. So I'm watching, I'm, I recorded it way back when, so I'm finally getting around to watching it. Did you ever actually watch it or, or no? Um, we got into seconds, well, last season now, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. and we lasted two or three apps into season two. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even got there yet. I'm still in season one. Okay. So it was the kind of thing that maybe I'll go back and watch uh, if it's on Netflix, but we got two or three apps in and we were like, you know, just because a bunch of people join the bad guy side doesn't mean you all have to become like mega douches. Yeah. Like everybody that I liked, like they all went through major, for no apparent reason, major personality changes. Yeah, I could see that. I, I'm I'm at a point where I think I'm getting close to the end of season one, and I could kind of see that starting to happen a little bit. I am enjoying it though. Uh, oh, I, the, I thought season, season one kicked ass. Yeah, so I, thought, I thought really great. My only problem is. And this has nothing to do with the show itself. So, you know, I've told you before, we'd like, we have the, the play on app. So that's how I recorded it all mm -hmm. while it was running so that I could watch it now. But I don't know what was going on at the time with my laptop or whatever. Like every other episode is out of sync with the audio. Oh, that's so, gotta be frustrating. It, oh my God. There, there's, there, 
there are episodes that I listen to more than I watch because yeah, watching is like yeah, kung fu is good. <laughs> and and just recently is like I got to one. I was like, oh, it's in sync. And the first commercial sync was in it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to the the first commercial break, and by halfway through the commercial break, it shifted again. I was like, damn it. And then the rest of the episode, like it never course corrected again. So, mm. so it is frustrating as hell. So I'm still enjoying it, the show, but my watching of it is very frustrating right now. So Maybe I you too put that into the reading and listening. <laughs> I, exactly. I too would like to see it on Netflix. <laughs> and I'm going to put, I put this on here cause it's, it's actually a story kind of a little bit behind. It. So we're watching master chef season 10. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, is apparent, you know, it's not geeky, but I will argue that it is because I got into a full-blown, not argument or anything, but discussion uh, in the Game Crafter chat, breaking down every, the, the final 10 that are on the show right now with Sheffy. So Sheffy and I are kind of going back and forth. Yeah, this is my, well, no, I don't like that person because, you know, so we broke down the entire final 10, the top 10 in game crafter chat so it there obviously there is some geek relevance there so oh we i don't know if you watch anything like that this is one of like megan's shows that you know eventually creeped into my viewing you know it's like i'm there she's watching it suddenly okay it it, it, it tends to be like this is one of the shows like she'll throw on before if we're trying to eat dinner before you come over that kind of thing. you've probably seen it on a couple times or something like that like, so this is one of those like she throws on when we're eating or something like that so it's like Here's the crappy stuff we made, and here's here's what real people can make, talented people. Yeah, that was, that was like when we used to watch Iron Chef. Well, again, she would just stay in the room with me, but it's like, let's order pizza and watch people do fancy things with fancy food. Yeah. Also, um, there happens to be a Rochester, Minnesota person in the top ten. Oh. So, you know, it's, we're soft rooting there, but... Not necessarily my favorite person in the top 10, but go local. <laughs> uh, and we, and I know you didn't, well, you didn't, you didn't put it on your list, but I, I'm assuming you have no plans to. We did go see Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, but come on, Statham, Idris, they're both in it. Uh, and yet, <laughs> I, I was talking, in fact, this has been a topic of conversation like four times <laughs> in the last three days. Because my brother went to see it last night, and he was like, uh, it was a hilarious movie. Uh, it has nothing to do with the rest of the series. Don't feel bad about going to watch it. He said, <laughs> I know you're not going to anyway, but you will watch it downstairs in your basement of the dark, and you will like it. <laughs> and then Mike, on the way to Gen Con, we were talking, and he's like, uh, you like the Fast Series movies? I said, nope. <laughs> and I, I said, I, I always said I'd go see any Jason Statham movie. And then they put him in Fast and Furious. And I said, okay, but I'll go see any rock movie. And then they put him in Fast and Furious. And I said, I'll go see any Idris Elba movie. And then they put him in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and I know this is just in name only, mm-hmm. but I can't do it. <laughs> it. It is. It's very, it's, it very much is on the comic side. It very much plays in the, in the comedy. But for you, cause I know you're, you're a huge fan. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is in it, so oh, really? There you go. There's your there's your not go. (laughs) And and basically, I thought you were going to say Amy Acker was in it. No, (laughs) no. 
Um, and basically it's Ryan Reynolds as a CIA, FBI, whatever, being Deadpool, basically. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's funny as shit, but if you don't enjoy Ryan Reynolds, obviously. Oh, I do. I think he's. Great. Oh, I thought you didn't. I thought that's one of the reasons why you wouldn't go see Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool is just a shitty character. I love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> okay. He was the best. Well, there you go. Three. Now you got another <laughs> reason to go or to watch it. Got Ryan Reynolds in it too. That's probably a bigger sell for Sarah than for me. <laughs> so yeah, we did go see, we went, we went, uh, Monday, we went m- Monday night, hardly anybody there, which was awesome. And, uh, we, th- we enjoyed it in town here. Did you go to yeah, Rochester? No, we, we were in town. Yeah. We were going to, we were going to see it Sunday. I can't remember what came up and, and her mom was in town for the weekend. So we didn't get to go to see it any other time. That's why we were going to go on Sunday. And then I think, I think we were just too wiped. I think my Sunday. So, um, I was looking at our calendar this week. And I'm like, okay, I either edit Monday night or Tuesday night and whatever night I don't edit, we have for a movie because the rest of the week is done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went and saw it on Monday. Okay. So what we're reading slash listening to. I also have a fairly long short list there, <laughs> I should say. So I'm listening to Kill the Queen by Jennifer Estep, possibly Estep, not sure. E-S-T-E. Um, it's a fun little book, actually. It's high fantasy, world of swords and sorcery. Um, daughter kills queen, takes over kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Pretty standard fantasy stuff. What I'm about to say <laughs> may seem sexist on the surface, but a woman wrote the book. Well, I don't think it is. It's very different than anything I've ever read because the, the escaping prince is always always comes back bloody with the the army and he goes through trial by combat and trial by blah, blah, blah and trial by sex. He's going to bang the hot chick to get, you know, whatever. (laughs) And her first trial to get in with the group of people that she thinks can protect her, uh, or at least camouflage her is to bake a pie. Not at all combat oriented. (laughs) All the stuff that's going on for the most part is not combat oriented. I don't want to say it is, you know, like gender role female stuff. Um, I mean, I couldn't bake a pie to save my life. So, uh, good, uh, good thing I wasn't in that situation, but it's, it's non-combat stuff to, you know, as a gaming term, they're all non-combat proficiency checks. Um, uh, getting to the end of the first book, getting into a little bit of combat because the succession can be challenged in a duel to the death. So now that she's done like three quarters of this book of baking pies and being the good, uh, trainee and, and filling these very, what would be from a male standpoint in this kind of fantasy book, non-standard roles. Now they're just getting into, she's getting into a little bit of combat because that's going to be the next book or it's going to be a really sudden ending. (laughs) I hope there's a second book. <laughs> Otherwise, it's it's a real sudden ending because I don't have a whole <laughs> lot left. Um, so yeah, that's Kill the Queen by Jennifer Estep. I think it's it, it's pretty good. It's definitely not just like George R. R. Martin writing women as men. It's <laughs> I, I get the impression that I'm actually reading about a female character. And then Araman Exile started that when it's on vacation, and then I forgot about it because. I put it aside when I unpacked it, and then I put a bunch of crap on top of it. And then when I was cleaning up that crap last week, I was like, oh, a book I'm reading. <laughs> so I picked it up, and I read a little bit more. And this uh, 40K book, Warhammer 40K, 
Uh, it's about one of the people from the Thousand Sons Legion, uh, Araman. He's a sorcerer. They're hunting him down. They want to kill him. And he is generally viewed to be a bad guy because, hey, his legion fell to chaos. But right now, this is shortly after that, and he's still not quite fallen to chaos personally, even though he is kind of marginally responsible for bad chunk of stuff that happened to his <laughs> legion i'm only you know 100 pages in so uh not quite sure where they're going yet but it's interesting i like some of the the fiction that focuses on the lesser characters rather than just like the primarchs and some of that horse heresy stuff uh yeah and then rule book <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should have put that on mine too because i've been doing a lot of rule book reading too <laughs> like you know some of the same stuff i was talking about last time you know children's books because i'm gonna be doing the recordings for my granddaughter, game design books, because I am heavy into game design right now. So I have a bunch of books that I'm revisiting and rereading. I just turned in this last weekend the next episode of the recruits that my character's in. So I had that script for a little bit, read through that, uh, knocked out those lines, like I said, this week, and then let Toby, as well as most of my my regular VO clients know that I'll be going on vacation. So if they want to get anything to me so far, Toby's the only one that's come back and said, I, I'll have stuff when you get back. Everybody else is like, Oh, here. <laughs> so I am reading a lot of uh, voiceover scripts for work, uh, to, to, to kind of record them and produce them. But that really, that's, that's what I've, and again, yeah, rule books. <laughs> we've, we've both kind of been hammering on rule books. And I think that's going to be, I mean, reviewers that's a big part of what we do anyway right i mean i was gonna say that's gonna be us for a while but that's us as long as we do this podcast yeah. well <laughs> or if we don't you know that's, yeah. there's always gonna be a new game um you know what we're playing i've got um tabletop games mm -hmm. so we played can you roll doubles mm -hmm. i've seen it called just doubles too but on the box is the question you know that's what it looks like the title is to me can you roll doubles and this is we may review it in the future, so I'm not going to go into it too, but this is a game that basically when we bought Jaws at Target, Megan saw, can we, can you roll doubles and said, uh, that game is right up our alley or right up her family alley. It's kind of categories on speed, <laughs> which is pretty cool. It's yeah. You get, you get a letter, you get a bunch of categories that you need to write something down that starts with that letter while somebody else, the, the person to your left is rolling two D6s as fast as they can. And as soon as they roll doubles, they get to snatch this list out of your hand and try to score points themselves kind of thing. So that's just a quick gist of it. We've played it. Mm -hmm. We've played it with Megan's mom. And again, yeah, she was right. I mean, uh, she's like, okay, we'll play it one time before we got to go. Okay, well, I've got time for one more before we go. <laughs> you know, so we played like two quick rounds of it before they had to hit, hit the road. Um, one of the category frames now has a nice pink line down it <laughs> from me <laughs> trying to snatch it from her mom and her not wanting to get rid of it. No, I'm writing. <laughs> so uh, that's it. But yeah, so can you roll doubles? That's again, a, a, another game you can kind of pick up a target. That's kind of, if you've got somebody that's again into like the categories and, and those type of games, it's, it's a pretty decent game for that. And then more tabletop. So I finally got to sit down with Megan and play, my latest version of the impatience, mm. uh, which is a game I originally designed with her in mind to play. So it was kind of cool to get her to play the most recent version. Cause she hasn't played in a while and immediately 
she gave feedback that I want to test right away. So that was kind of cool too. And then we'll go outside. We played bocce ball. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so we bought a bocce ball set one day. We were out doing yard work. We got done with yard work and we're like, you know what? Let's play bocce ball. We just cleaned our yard. We cleaned our gutters. Let's enjoy ourselves for a while. So we played a little bocce ball. That was fun. It's good to go. We're going to take that on vacation with us, I think. Play it with the kids. And then I'll go to uh, the PC. So I signed up for the early access for Gloomhaven. Or I purchased, I should say, the early access for Gloomhaven. Mm -hmm. So Gloomhaven is on Steam right now. Um, It is very early access. There's a lot of work to still be doing uh, to do on it. But it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. You don't have all characters available to you right now. So I'm actually playing as the Craig, Craig Hart and the Spellweaver. <laughs> uh, so um, that's my little team right now because I can't have more than two people. I guess I've got to unlock that or whatever. So there are a few things in, uh, that hopefully will come later um, that aren't right now. Uh, one of them is you. there's no perks. So that system's not in place. When you level up, they so you don't, you don't get to pick your cards. They give you the cards. Mm. So... Again, hopefully, maybe that's coming later. There is a little thing that is kind of irritating. So, like, it's it's 3D, right? So, you're in the, the dungeon or whatever, and you're going through, and you've got to, you know, clear these many rooms, or no, clear all enemies, you know, right. kind of thing. But, so I had been playing for a while, and it, it, it doesn't do a good job of, there is a door, you know? The door looks a little bit different. So, I had been playing for quite a while, and I got used to, Almost everything I went into was two rooms. It was like two rooms clear everything because I'm kind of playing through. I mean, they don't have everything unlocked and I've just kind of been kind of picking the easy path for now just to see what's what's there and what's available. So your combat is what you're used to. You do, it's it's basically turn, you do pick your two cards, you select which one is going to be your initiative um, and that determines how everybody goes. You don't get to see the combat cards or anything. They're kind of done off to the side or whatever. So you don't get to see any of that, but you do get to see the combat effects and all that stuff. But because that damn door this last time I played, I was in the second room. Looked like a normal room to me. I was like, all right, I'm going balls out because I got to clear everything. So I was like trashing cards and I cleared the room. I'm like, well, why am I not getting the success? Oh, there's a freaking door back there. I got another damn room to get through. And I have four cards. <laughs> so. I wish, you know, like you walk in and sparkly or something to just say, hey, there's another, you know, highlight it. There's another, there's another door that you can select. Uh, but overall, for as early access as it is, I, I've been enjoying it. It does give me a good feel of Gloomhaven so far. I mean, you can go into town, you can buy things, you know, items and stuff like that. You, you got the cloak of invisibility and all that good stuff. But yeah, you can't, there's no perks. You're not getting any of that stuff yet. You're not actually like swapping out your cards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully, though, that that will come later. And right now, I mean, it's, there's no multiplayer or anything yet. They're pretty much just doing, you know, again, it's really early access. But definitely enjoying that. And then, I don't know why. I had this game forever. I haven't really played it much. All of a sudden, uh, the last couple of weeks, my go-to has been Gears of War 4. Really? Yeah. I just started playing Gears of War 4, and that's what I've been playing a lot lately. All right. And, I mean, it's one of those games, like, I've always enjoyed it for the game and the kind of the story a little bit, but I I, I suck at shooters. So, um, but this one I'm not doing too bad in. The only thing I'm not liking about it is the 
auto save checkpoint thing, mm. which wouldn't bother me too much except for again it's kind of my i've got some time go-to thing i've replayed this area three times because i keep getting interrupted like shortly before i get that checkpoint that's going to let me save at that point or whatever so i've replayed this and it's to me it's dumb that at the end of like there's this thing that you're fighting on that's dropping down and if you survive that, you kind of move on. To me, that should be the save point because you're moving on. It's not. So I've replayed that combat drop three times now. Mm-hmm. And I did it again the other day. I was like, ah, I don't have time. I gotta go. And it's the same spot that I keep stopping at everywhere else. So that's the only part that bothers me. But that's been my go-to for some reason. And that's what I'm playing. Well, I have nothing electronic. <laughs> and most of it, other than what you mentioned that we've played, is all stuff that I did at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So Battlestar Galactica Starship Battle. Solid. <laughs> Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Second edition box. Solid. If you wear glasses. <laughs> Lantern's Dice. Enjoyable. Uh-oh. You know, that's on one of my pre-orders, right? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me bring that over real quick, and then you can decide whether or not you want to cancel that. <laughs> not bad. Just, um, I'd rather play the full version. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. Really, I just got it, because... It's lanterns, and I figured something I can get Sarah to the table with. Shadowrun Sprawl Ops. I like it. Nice. Um, you actually did get to play a little, or yep. did you demo it, or get a um, full game? Or? Got a full game. Uh, and then both uh, the Star Trek and the Pathfinder 2nd Edition RPGs. All right. Before we go, should we we can mention and then, you know, kind of report in here and keep us honest that we're we're doing an unconventional 10 by 10 uh, still ten by ten, just yeah, not starting in January. Yeah, we're not we're not starting in January. So in in, in September, which probably going to be past could September, be September when this comes you get out. This, yeah. yeah, we're going to start a ten by ten. Uh, and the way we're going to do it, or we have started, or we have started by the time you hear this. Uh, as of the recording, we are going to start in September because <laughs> it's not September. Um, a ten by ten. So we'll go September to September, and the way we're doing that is we're picking five games. Uh with sarah and megan so five games that all all four of us will will do a 10 or a five by 10 with and then the other five are games that jordan and i are going to pick uh that we want to get to the table so the quicker ones will probably be with the girls because i i think some of the ones that have already been banded around are pretty quick and again that's usually what we kind of gravitate towards when we're playing uh generally mm-hmm. and then Jordan and I are still figuring out our five, but I think ours are going to be more like either why haven't we played this yet or why aren't we playing this more? Yes. That's <laughs> kind of been our, our go-to so far. Uh, so only oh, yeah, I'd kept all my Android stuff. <laughs> Don't got mine. So yeah, I probably by the next time we record, we'll, we may have our, our list to be able to share what we're doing a 10 by 10 with, and then we'll uh, report in when, when, what we're pl- at the, after what we're playing doesn't necessarily have to be part of what we're playing but we'll just say hey here's our 10 games and here's where we are with each one Mm -hmm. all right so with that i I think it's time to wrap this definitely i am falling asleep (laughs) yeah so my brain stopped 10 minutes ago (laughs) and my eyes are on the verge of stopping right now all right so that i'm jeff king and i'm the sleepy canadian thanks for listening thank you for checking out a united geeks network family member If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find 
Geeks of the North, a hobby and gaming podcast from La Belle Province, discussing all aspects of the miniature wargaming hobby. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. Stay trill, do 